Live from Asheville, North Carolina, it's Josh and Tom Devour the World. Nom, 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 nom. And today, we are here with an amazing guest, Joe Zimmerman. Nom, nom, nom. <laughs> We're going to devour Joe. Uh, my, I am one half of your digestive team, Josh Battenhorst. I am the other half, Tom Chalmers. Uh, I don't Welcome. know whether I'm the top half of the digestive process or the lower half, but I I think it kind of we'll see we'll just do this podcast today, Tom, and then we'll see how. We'll, Did how it take we'll us 23 leave. episodes to figure out who's the top and who's the bottom, Josh? <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. Uh, well, uh, and you know, as as our listeners know, but maybe you don't know, this is our chance to check in with each other on a weekly, bi-weekly, or sometimes monthly basis, depending on how busy we are, and uh, just kind of see what we've been uh, eating and drinking and thinking about uh, these days. You know, or sipping and dipping and gripping, you know. Yeah, yes, um, all of those things. All those and, things, uh, and we like to uh, turn those questions to our guests of interest and uh, hear what they've been devouring of late, whether specific to what it is that they do or just uh, on a personal individual basis. So... Uh, very glad to have uh, Joe Zimmerman with us. Uh, Joe Zimmerman is, a, at this point, nationally known stand-up comedian. We were lucky to have Joe in the Asheville uh, comedy scene for a while as he figured out just how good he was. Um, and then he has since uh, moved to New York and has uh, performed on all the, the shows where you see comedians perform. And uh, uh, even has, has a show of his own uh, that has uh, been on the, the network that specializes in showing people who tell funny things. Um, so Joe Zimmerman, Joe, thanks for being with us. Oh, thank you for having me. Nom, nom, nom. Yes. <laughs> you've already, you've already logged on. Uh, great. Um, so Joe, I, I mentioned things, but, uh, what else should people know to fully understand, um, all that is Joe Zimmerman these days? I live in, uh, Astoria, New York city. I just, uh, lived through a pandemic the last year and a half. I think um, we're still in it, actually. That's I mean, a surprise. <laughs> yeah. It's just in. Yeah. I'm in phase two. Yeah, we're in phase four. Uh, that's right. I um, let's see. I look like uh, I've booked one acting role. I've booked owner of a rare bookstore, so that's what I look like. <laughs> My parents are both professors. I look like somebody who reads books. Um, that's I have nice three comedy albums out i get a lot of hardcore fans sending me messages like i use this album to go to sleep at night thank you <laughs> i have a voice that has been called uh vocal anesthesia that's actually yeah. a thing i have a <laughs> a relaxing soothing voice so if you find yourself going to sleep it's not necessarily because you're bored it's because you're relaxed uh, that I is funny. Yes, that's something that like BuzzFeed pointed out. Your 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 calming vocalizations um, and your brilliant mind. Um, so, what is that like to be just so smart and yet just so smooth? Well, um, you know, it's great. It it is great. <laughs> I just live the life. I live <laughs> the life, smart and smooth and calm. Uh, I, um, well, I respond to the hardcore fans, you know, the Zimmer maniacs <laughs> and I, um, I did a soothing YouTube reading, um, for the miraculous journey of Edward Tulane, a children's book. Nice. It has 60,000 views. Uh, the most successful thing I've ever done. I'm putting people to sleep all over the world. Um, yeah. So 
got the dulcet voice. I look like a bookstore owner. Um, I, I'm in a pandemic. I know you guys can't relate to that. And uh, yeah, and over the over the pandy, as we're calling it, I got into birds and stocks. I'd say I've been devouring birds and stocks for good or for bad. Oh, great. Over well, the last great. year and a half. Not because I'm wealthy. Stocks sound like you're wealthy or stupid. Um, I I just have Robin it Robinhood. It has you're allowed to do free free investments, and so now I'm just putting my basically I'm just casting my vote with giant cold corporations that seem more likely to be successful than myself. Gotcha. <laughs> so did you get drawn in as many did uh, to GameStop or to the AMC theaters? I I was aware of those. I, I'm I don't do the short term trading. That would be too much anxiety. Uh, so I didn't, I didn't place a bet on any of those. My buddy, my buddy Shang Wang in LA, who's a comic, called me. He was like, yo, I heard you're doing stocks, man. I just bought GameStop and I'm down 90%. What do you think? <laughs> and I was like, I think you're a complete idiot. Why would you buy... GameStop, what is the potential? You see, he's like, I don't know. I just wanted to get in on it. <laughs> it's the fear of missing out, right? Like yeah. that's the that's the thing. Like you see something and you're like, oh my God, it's going it's going so bonkers. Like, I have to get in on this. When that's literally the worst time ever to get in on something is when you see that it's going really, really well for someone. It's like you can only bring this ship down with you. You know, it's like if it's like the more people jump on there. It's like, wow, the Titanic is, I've never seen a ship look so luxurious and traveling so close to it. I didn't even think one could get this close to an iceberg. I'm getting right on that guy. And, I think it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. I think it's yeah. human tendency. I think it's human tendency to for there to be bubbles, little bubbles all over the place. Little bubbles, whether it's like, you know, the price of uh, a popular, you know, it's like, uh, I'm trying we to think of an weed uh the price of um what gets popular you know baseball cards uh jobs get hot like oh everybody wants right. to be a a camp counselor this year and all of a sudden oh there was a bubble for, here's an example there was a bubble for paleontologists after all the kids who watched jurassic park grew up <laughs> so Humans just tend to flock toward things. And then once they start flocking, more people are like, what are they flocking to? I want to see what they're flocking to. So it's not, it just seems like there's a lot of bubbles that exist. And obviously, stocks are a good example of it financially. Yes. Uh, well, we do want to talk to you about uh, your comedy and your bird watching, but we'll go ahead and start to plan our game here and uh, asking each other uh, what we've been devouring. And uh, uh, Josh and I flipped a coin. Uh, before we started and uh, I won the toss so I will go first um, and then yeah mine is a pretty literal we don't always we sort of started with food and drink and then got more abstract but I, I've circled back to uh, something I found which is um, Grater's black raspberry chocolate chip ice cream holy crap what? that is just so good so uh, this is something I discovered at Harris Teeter or okay. Hairless Peter as we like to call it in our okay. house um and uh just that but it, uh so food works for me josh as you know in a couple of things so it's got nostalgia uh, i grew up in a friendlies household so i grew up in in the northeast where they have friendlies 
which is okay. an ice cream restaurant where my mom was um, a waitress and my, my brother worked there as well. So they had, uh, yeah, black raspberry ice cream, which I would get with uh, chocolate sprinkles or jimmies, as we call them in the Northeast. Um, right. So it takes me back to that, which is one of my favorite things. And it just... I am someone who in the ice cream aisle is like, oh, look, this is usually really expensive and now it's two dollars off. So it must be good. So that is why I got it. And they they did not lie. Um, it is so good um, and just has that sweet spot where you get the like, oh, that's the chip I've been waiting for. Like the black raspberry to chocolate uh, <laughs> conversation um, is sort of, oh, he's in there. And then you just get that mother load chip and you're like, oh, this is what my mouth has been waiting for uh, for so long and didn't realize it. Um, and I and also, somehow, uh, as it's floating in the dairy, it's also drenched in nostalgia somehow, right? Yes, dairy and nostalgia. So there. Joe traffics in stocks and birds, I traffic in dairy and nostalgia. <laughs> uh, and also, I enjoyed the fact that uh, for whatever reason, the uh, markdown wasn't uh, sort of registered in the Harris Teeter um, system. So I would go up and it would ring at full price and I'd be like, oh, no, actually, uh, this is uh, on sale. Uh, and the first guy was like, what is it? And I just told them price. He typed it in. I was like, I love that. I could have just told them like 40 cents and he would have typed it in. But I literally had to do that for repeated purchases that I'd be like, okay, this is not in the system yet, but it is on sale. <laughs> and it just, just that sad stare from a, a, of a clerk like, wow, so you've bought this repeatedly recently because things are only on sale maybe for like a two week window that they would be like, okay, like we'll just give it to you. Like stop crying, you know, like, um, but anyways, a uh, graders, uh, black raspberry chocolate chip ice cream, as I understand from a little research, this is their signature flavor. Oh, wow. Um, um, so good for them. And they continue to make it in French pots, two and a half gallons at a time, which I guess means it's still legit. So when it asks for someone from the company to like sign for something like they had to do tax forms or whatever, they just use a little dollop of that of the black of the, the chocolate raspberry ice cream and just kind of stain the paper. And that that serves as the signature, I'm assuming. Within a little a little press. Yes, maybe it's a little stamp. Yeah, a little chocolatey chocolatey stamp on for, for the signature. Joe, you grew up here in North Carolina, right? Or no, that, West that where did, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Morgantown, West Virginia, got started okay. with comedy in North Carolina. Um, okay. Your mention of dairy just reminded me what I've been consuming. I have been pounding the pavement on oat milk for five years. I was the first consumer wow. of oat milk. I was the <laughs> first to of, it. Yeah, because it's not like like cashew milk, you know, almond milk. You got to be like, gosh, there's desertification, desertification out there in California. You don't want to like be oats are everywhere. You know, like there's like literally you go out to the Midwest and you will there. You won't be able to, able to see anything but oats for miles around. So I'm with you on the oat milk, I think. And it's and it's also a thicker sort of thing, too. Oat milk in your latte, oat milk in your granola, uh, oat milk in your smoothie, thicker smoothie, ticker symbol O-T-L-Y for Oatly group. Got it. I'm, I'm a believer. I'm I'm buying on it. I'm I'm. You right. got me. You got me. Plant based diet. Uh, really, where the the U.S. is really moving toward plant based diet with these Gen Z <laughs> dummies. Uh, you know, <laughs> maybe not as much recently, but you do travel a fair amount. Are you able to sort of judge what town you're in by the fact of if they have oat milk or not? 
if you kind of don't realize, oh, they don't have anything. Yeah. 100%. I judge a coffee shop based on if it has oat milk. And over the last 18 months, the curve has been steep. People have been picking up oat milk. Now you pretty much have to be the worst coffee shop in the world to not have oat milk. (laughs) Just the most like far behind, like what's oat milk? You're going to get a bad drink if they if they don't have oat milk. I promise. Well, High Five has it now. Summit Coffee has it. All the good Asheville coffee. Every coffee, every Asheville coffee shop has it. (laughs) And that's because of you, Joe. That's because. Yeah, I've been pounding the pavement. (laughs) (laughs) Ask me about oat milk. That actually should be on your merch store. Actually, as people should be able to buy shirts that just say, ask me about oat milk. And, yeah. you know, and then and, and Oatly should I'm, I'm right now saying Oatly should sponsor you your next tour. That should, that should definitely be on their radar. I agree. You know, the, and, you know, they were they were they were backed by Oprah and Natalie Portman and Jay-Z. So they have some big names, but I'd like to pitch him on this Jay-Z, you know. Well, but, you know, because what does the owner of the rare bookstore say? What does he drink? That's what I want to know. Yes. He's, he's a tea. He's an herbal tea guy. Yeah, he's an herbal tea guy. <laughs> very quiet, very sleepy. Doesn't drink, doesn't eat meat. Yeah. Really doesn't consume anything uh, interesting. Just goes to bed at 9 p.m., wakes up and does his rare books. But you can put a little oat milk in a tea. I didn't do that until college. Like I, I dated a British girl and she put some milk in her tea and uh, and it's delightful. I, I highly recommend a little oh, oat milk. A little in, British. In a you got a British. You had a British girlfriend, sounds like. Just, just for a just for a brief minute, yeah. But he uh, always finds a way to work that in. I do, I do, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Joe, the reason I was asking about though, where you grew up, is because was there a particular ice cream? I grew up in Texas. We had Blue Bell. Blue Bell was the big ice cream oh, of yeah, Texas, yeah. and you know, as now a more national brand. Did you guys have? And we also in the in the northern part of Texas where I grew up was a, was a little company called Brahms, which had really has really good ice cream, but. Any any special ice creams from the West your West Virginia days uh, that you recall or Morgantown West Virginia I remember eating a lot of Dairy Queen okay and right a lot sure. of Ben and Jerry's I don't think they originated in Morgantown but I know they're popular yeah. in Morgantown Vermont Vermont was the Morgantown yeah that was where Ben and Jerry's came from but so but uh, but with Blizz- so were you a Blizzard guy or were you more of like because my thing was yeah the Blizzard was great. But the classic peanut buster parfait with the like layers of uh, of, of of soft serve within the hot choc- the hot you know chocolate and peanuts, and then another layer and then the hot chocolate and peanuts. I mean that to me is is like the perfect dessert. Yeah. The childhood order of your your childhood Dairy Queen order, just like your childhood Subway preferences, really says a lot about who you are as a person. You know. That's what I'm I saying. was a, I was a medium chocolate blizzard with oreos guy okay. myself see and i and i would always try to convince my friend craig to dig a little hole down the side with your spoon so you got a little burrow down all the way to the bottom okay and then, eat, and then you eat it um you eat it um through the side that way um he never he never would go with it he liked to eat from the top down but it was always a big little little battle I was I was working on with him. It's and we're totally. back to deciding who's the top and who's the bottom. It's you know it's just... exactly. <laughs> no, exactly. no. I think what it is is it's all the coal mines in West Virginia. You're used to seeing tunnels everywhere, mm-hmm. so you like start to That's dig it. one in your blizzard, 
and it's it, there's a there's a whole like psychology that I'm seeing that comes around the eating of the blizzard, and also and also some creativity, and you want people to come along. Like even then, you were you you saw uh, that there was another way uh, of doing things, uh, just yeah, like yeah. there's another way of uh, of flavoring your coffee with oat milk instead of one of the less environmentally friendly milks. You then saw there's another way to eat a blizzard as well. You're completely right. I have I had tunnel. I had tunnels on my mind. <laughs> I also loved the gummy bears as a child, Disney's gummy bears. And they were, they lived in a tunnel system. I, I yeah. really was, I really was into tunnels. Yeah. 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 So. Sense. Uh, well, Joe, we do want to check in with you again. You're uh, on tour right now. You will be uh, performing here in Asheville Wednesday night at the orange peel. Um, so uh, hooray for that. Always nice to be featured on, on the stage of the orange peel. Um, but just wanted to check with you about you know, part of your work. So we like to check in with people who sort of naturally devour things as part of their work. Mm-hmm. And as a comedian, you can't help but sort of see other people perform over and over and over again. So what it is to sort of devour someone else's routine. You were the uh, opening act for the comedian Brian Regan um, for a long time. Um, would you watch his set every night or were you like, I'm good. I'm done. I know what he does. <laughs> um you know, is, is that something yeah. that, uh, you know, so have you basically seen him perform kind He's, of 400 times by this point? Yeah, I would say at least 400. Um, oh, yeah, right around 400. Uh, I'm pretty and, good at the jelly bean guessing thing. So, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty good jelly bean. I would, I, if that my jelly bean guess would be similar to your jelly bean guess. <laughs> um, I he's one of the few that I would ever watch, you know, be happy to watch every single set. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I pretty much did. I, you know, it was fun, especially at those nice theaters with the nice theater crowds where he could play around with the audience and try new stuff. Um, but yeah, there's not many comics where you can watch him every night and enjoy it. And, uh, he's definitely one of them. He's just, uh, he's got the silly, he's got the unique voice, the silly delivery. He's having fun. He tries out new things and uh yeah there's some jokes where you hear them a second time and you're like oh i didn't really enjoy that a second time but a lot of his jokes they 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 surprisingly keep being you know keep being funny you can hear that you can know the punchline and it keeps being funny uh, and then without maybe being specific do you have memories of like oh my god if i see this comedian do this bit one more time <laughs> that is the tension in comedy i mean you are encouraged to you know develop your act get really good three minutes so to do something over and over again is not counterintuitive to success but it can be tough on those around you who are also rising up at the same time so you don't have to you can you can name names if you want but can you remember just like a certain bit or a a, a thing that would be done in every night they're like oh my god here we go again it's the chinese food menu bit or whatever yeah (laughs) well i will just say that the first thing that pops into my mind uh, was starting out in North Carolina. I would MC at this one club uh, called the Matthews Comedy Zone. This was probably when I was 25. Yeah. And uh, you get these headliners come through every week. And a lot of them, when they weren't doing the Comedy Zone, some of them would also do cruise ships. And every now and then you get a really older a lot older guy that didn't quite belong at the Matthews comedy zone. (laughs) Um, 
And one of them was this guy who he I had heard about him. I had heard he had these lick a toad bits, comedy bits, where the punchline is lick a toad. And it has something to do with psychedelics and licking toads. Mm -hmm. And I'd heard that he'd been doing this bit since the 80s. And uh, but not only was it a bit, it was his entire hour was bait was like all contingent oh on lick a toad and calling back to licking toads. Oh. And his entire merch setup was lick a toad merch. <laughs> um, and I felt a little bad for him. He was, he was older and, you know, he clearly been doing this act for a long time. Um, and it felt a little dated because everybody in the crowd was like, I, I mean, I don't remember licking a toads being a thing really. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, maybe like I heard about it in one news article 20 years ago, but, um, at the end of the week, he goes, uh, we didn't really talk that much. You know, the headliner doesn't really often talk that much with the MC. Um, you know, just a little small talk. But he goes, uh, hey, you aware of anybody else doing my lick a toad bit? <laughs> and I was like, no, not at all. He was like, because I heard somebody's been doing my lick a toad bit. And I just want everybody to know that I've been doing lick a toad since the 80s. <laughs> so he... <laughs> He was openly proud and claiming to let me know that he'd been doing the same joke for 27 years. Wow. wow. Did, uh, now, did he travel with a toad? Because that could explain it, actually. Like, if he was if he was actively using the dimethyltryptyline that comes off of the back <laughs> of, of this uh, this toad every night in order oh. to like create and get to a different state. Like I like, I'm just kind of thinking maybe this guy was actually channeling something from the spirit realm through his lick a toad bit. And he was just waiting for us all to catch up to it. You know, I like that. You know, the chemical, maybe Asheville's the place where people would know <laughs> yeah. licking toads. <laughs> Sorry, uh, just got bumped from Wednesday night. We're going to go with the lick a toad guy. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're just going to lick toads. That's yeah. <laughs> it's, it's its own form of, of, uh, of entertainment. Uh, actually. I mean, it sounds like, you know, more about it. Like, it sounds like you know the species of toad to look for, probably. Well, that well that leads me to I guess to my devourer because I've I've been doubt devouring a lot of fish uh, because I went to a couple of fish shows, not because they're actually not, not the animal that comes out of the ocean or the or the trout that comes out of the stream, but I went to go see fish, uh, and yes. uh, and uh, it, we didn't I did not have any dimethyltryptyline, although I, I'm no I'm absolutely certain that it was around. Uh, and I definitely know that there was, I mean, it, it was, there were the substances were taken. It was, it was, it was a good time was had by all. Let, don't get me wrong. But, um, but the, but the one guy that, I, that really stands out because like, you know, you're in the lot and this was in Atlanta and, uh, it, you know, it was a late opening lot. So it's only five o'clock and the show starts supposedly starts at seven 30. So that's not really a lot of time to get 20, 30,000 people into an area and get them inside like when you think about it, it's only two and a half hours so it's like that it's it's pretty fast pace and the cops wanted to arrest a number of people the first guy that i saw was like this 17 year old kid who looked like he was having the worst time and it, he's like i just made the worst choice of who i'm going to try to buy drugs off of and now i'm in a lot of trouble was that that was the first thing that i saw uh returning from like the bushes where i went to go pee and then like uh and but but then 
uh, as I'm I'm kind of waiting in in line later. Uh, once, the, but once the once all because that was the thing is like Alpharetta sits on this next to a forest, and so there's like a pretty good sort of like you know you don't have to wait for the porta potty and who wants to do that in this kind of climate anyway. But after a certain while, that part of the of the area because it's where shade is also gets taken over by people just partying, and so it becomes less of a place where you really feel like you can go pee. So then you have to go wait in line for the porta john. So on my second my return trip to what would have been the woods. Uh, this guy comes up to me and he's walking and he's got his head like at a 45 degree angle and it's just like sitting there as he's walking through like, like, and you're like, huh, is this guy? And then he, I see that he's whispering something and he's like, and then he gets close to me and he's like, cat, cat, ketamine, ketamine. And I'm like, this guy looks like he took all of the ketamine already. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> so it was the, it was, so, you know, uh, I, nobody offered me dimethyltryptyline. I just know that that's 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 the word. Wait, yeah. so it sounds like you're the type of person that would understand ketamine, um, Josh. Yeah, I've heard that. <laughs> sure. Gary Goldman. Gary Goldman told me says that you can get like medical prescribed ketamine. It's really expensive and it helps fight depression really effectively. But apparently, there's another type of ketamine that's the type you would find at a fish show. No, these are the same thing. They're absolutely the same thing. In fact, like uh, sometimes people even give it in those doses and uh, like dosed as the actual medical prescription stuff. But um, but no, I mean, it's a tranquilizer. It's a it's a dissociative. So like what like uh, I think the effect is that you take it and I mean, they used to use it for people who were taking uh, having colonoscopies. So you just kind of you go in this sort of like area where I don't really feel anything that's going on. I'm not really in my body. So at low doses, it has this, and you're also conscious. So at a little bit higher dose, then I think that's where your person goes into what's known as the K-hole, where you're less conscious of the outside world and very conscious of the inside world and mm -hmm. kind of like, uh, uh, but not really sure that you're in your body and things like that. And it can, and it can help, I think, for people that are suffering depression because it just sort of like allows your brain to go, oh, I don't have to be in this state. Because a lot of times the depressed state is like a is sort of like stuck sort of state. So the way that I understand it, and I, you know, I listen to Duncan Trussell a lot, who's also a comedian. And, you know, so he, he's the one who I heard someone talking about the ketamine. But the ketamine as a therapy is not meant to be like a long-term thing. It's like a, it's one of those sort of like, you do it kind of like the same thing with like people who are dealing with PTSD and they're using MDMA for which is ecstasy, which is like, you know, so like it's the idea is that you got to you got to shock the brain occasionally to like open it up to ha existing in a different sort of mode. Um, and that's kind of why the people use the command ketamine. I don't know what you would use. Love it. I would love to shock. I would love to shock the brain and jar it out of, <laughs> just yeah. jar it out of place for a minute. That's right. Yeah. So that it's in a permanently different state for a while. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you just you're just like, wow, I'm open. I'm open. Uh, yeah. Well, we'll have to connect you to uh, Aaron Cruz, who we had on a couple of days ago, who is doing some work with entheogenic plants and mushrooms and uh, and, and getting walking people through their journeys. So uh, you're in the right place, Joe. I think you're following your path. <laughs> Sold. Um, so let's continue to talk about your path. I want to talk about your uh, kind of non-comedy path. But just before we uh, step away from that. What is it like to devour your own material pretty consistently? I mean, you know, so to, to be a touring comedian as you are, you, you're going and you are saying your kind of smart and smooth things, but on a regular basis. Um, uh, you know, how is it that you stay to the place? Every time I've seen you, I, I still think that you 
find your eye, your own ideas interesting and amusing and are not just like Lake a Toad, 30 years later, Lake a Toad. <laughs> so, anyways, what is it like to devour your own material on a regular basis? Yeah, there's certain bits. There's certain comedy bits that start to feel old really fast. And there's other bits that feel like they have a depth to them and they feel interesting every time you say them. It's strange. I think it has to do with the level of creativity that goes into the bit and also how much you're interested in the thing you're talking about. Yeah. So if there's something I'm not interested in talking about, it usually falls out of the act pretty quickly. Um, and so then I end up just talking about birds a lot on stage. <laughs> Which brings us to my, our next thing. My passion. So, Sadly, yeah, so I, I have not figured out how to do stock market comedy yet, but birds, <laughs> birds, um, birds I'm doing. Um, uh, great. So let's go there. So yes, you have mentioned this, uh, you know, uh, along the way, and this is not just like, oh yeah, birds are cool. Like, are, are you like part of like organizations and national registries? And when you like see a bird, you like check in and let people know, like, I saw this one. It's in Delaware. I mean, are, are, are you that far in? I'm quick on the path to being in organizations, Tom. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> very on that path. I'm getting mailers from Audubon Society and I'm starting to, <laughs> I'm starting to open them up. I'm starting to read through them. Uh, it's just, it's only a matter of time before I'm in the, uh, a chapter of the Audubon society. Um, yeah, I kind of a couple, I kind of a year and a half ago, I went on a birding tour kind of as a joke. Cause I was like this birding tour by birding Bob in central park is going to be hilarious. Um, and then I just immediately got hooked. I got my own binoculars. <laughs> And now I look for birds a lot. It's kind of like being, in a, being on a treasure hunt in nature. Uh, it's also kind of like looking for celebrities. You're like, oh, I didn't know Bill Murray would be here this time of year. <laughs> wow. Guys, Bill Murray's over here. <laughs> Guys, what random Bill Murray. And somebody comes over, don't be so loud around Bill Murray. He doesn't like, he doesn't like volume. You have to... He's quick to, he's quick to scare. Um, so uh, I, that is a metaphor for the green heron that I just made. It is. Um, it's a great one. Uh, so yeah, I got into it and now Central Park, particularly in the spring, uh, it's like there's one green patch for all of New York for migrating birds to fly through. So they all hit Central Park, kind of like a, an Airbnb that they remember flying mm -hmm. through <laughs> so every single bird hits central park in the spring and then every single bird watcher in new york city hits central park in the spring it's just an unbelievable amount of birds and bird watchers all congregating in april may and it's fun to see it's a delight to see and i do enter them i do enter the birds that i see into ebird.com which is like a dating site for older people, mostly. <laughs> and uh, my most recent eBird submission was the belted kingfisher, which I saw in Blowing Rock, a delightful bird. And just like its name, it caught a fish. Wow. Right That's in front awesome. of me. 
That's awesome. I had a moment with, with Fauna today, actually, coming home that I was driving down my road and there was a big black snake. And uh, I was like, you know, I tried to shush, tried to scare it out of the road, but it just wanted to ball up and maybe attack me. I was like, okay, I'll leave you to go. Hopefully you'll get out of that road before somebody drives over you. And um, as I drive just a little bit further down, there's goldfinch, which are, you know, in, Ooh, on a cloudy day, real pretty to see. And it comes right across, it lands on this little thing. And uh, so I tried to get my phone out to take a picture, but it, but it you know it was skittish and it flew. And as it flew, zoom came a hummingbird right oh. at the goldfinch because I guess it got a little too close. And like I mean, it was like a race that the the hummingbird was just coming to just you know clobber the fuck out of that goldfinch. It was pretty awesome, actually. It Hello, was really cool. yeah, that is a great combo. Two birds in one. Two birds, one 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 look. Exciting, yeah. 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 Incredible. I have a hummingbird fun fact. Uh, it'd be fun to get your guesses because I just played the guessing game with my buddy, my college buddies, because we were staring at some hummingbirds on his porch. Uh, can you guess how many flaps of the wing Ooh. the stand, a typical hummingbird per second can do? It's a crazy number. It's, is it like 16 or something like that? Or that? I don't know. That's that even seems low. Maybe I said five hundred. My friend said one. So we were way off. <laughs> My friend thought it was one flap per second, <laughs> which he thought was fast. Um, his name is Charlie. He is a moron. Um, but he thought you meant the umming bird. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> um, uh, um. Josh, your guess is sixteen. Do you want to try to beat him, Tom? Uh, I said 48. Wow. You're both pretty much exactly right. According to Google, uh, a hummingbird is 15 flaps a second, but often up to 50 flaps a second. Wow. So wow. Both wow. It. wow. Both nailed it. So uh, that's why you're a welcome guest on many podcasts is that you make the hosts feel right all the time. I'm impressed. <laughs> I'm impressed. <laughs> Um, I guess their heart beats something like 300 times a minute. I think like their heartbeat oh, yeah. is like crazy. Uh, mm -hmm. Like uh, as is mine when I'm around a hummingbird. Um, oh, really? I, I'm not really comfortable with them just because they are so fast with a, a sharp object at the end of them. Um, and when we lived in Los Angeles, uh, we had uh, birds of paradise bushes right outside our little bungalow. Gorgeous. And they are favored by the hummingbird. And when you come out, you're like, oh, that's beautiful. Until it starts to sort of like pay attention to you. And then I'm like, back inside, back inside. Um, I know that they are glorious creatures, but, you know, just with squint a little bit. And they are a really frightening mosquito. <laughs> They're right. They're very fast. I I don't think they'll drink your blood, Tom, but I can see what you're saying. So I'm mocked a little saying. bit at, at my sister-in-law at the lake house. She has, you know, a little hummingbird airport, you know, with like the, the sugar water feeders and everything. And everyone's like, Tom, you're going to be okay. And I was like, I don't need to be mocked just because I know what they are capable of. You know, I think we both love and fear God at the same time, just like the hummingbird. Tom Chalmers, the only person in the world who fears hummingbirds. Yes. Um, well, do you think that hummingbirds, because they're always moving so fast, do you think that there's like a, like sort of theory of relativity thing going on? Like, do they 
notice does everything else in the world look slower to a hummingbird because they're so used to seeing things fast i mean mm. maybe you could tell us joe because you know you're a comedian is it because so you must have jokes coming like a mile a minute like does it does just normal everyday things do they do th that people think are funny do you often find them less funny do you think because uh, you've been trained in the funny or is it or uh, or do you do you think that you find more things delightful uh, because you're a comedian and always looking for the funny in things. Well, as far as speed, I would say I'm in the sloth range of comedians. <laughs> but, okay. but I think because you hear a lot of jokes, maybe I, my, I, my best answer to that is that I might laugh less because you might hear a joke that you've heard a lot of and you're like, oh, that's a pretty common joke. Or or you might hear somebody being a little bit overly silly and you're like, okay, you're, you're kind of getting attention for yourself. But when something does catch me off guard, I will say it catches me so off guard that I'll, I think I'll laugh even harder now, probably. Cause I'm just like, Whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, yeah. Fantastic. And then again, just to remind people, so, you're here in Nashville on Wednesday night, and then you're also uh, on tour right now. So again, you have been um, uh, opening for Brian Regan for so long. I understand that you got to open for Ricky Gervais uh, along the way sometimes. And now, uh, I'm not quite sure how to say his last name, Nate Bergazzi. Is that how you say his last name? That's right. Yeah, he blew up with his Netflix special. He, he did. That was great. a real, again, it wasn't a great, again, if he's listening, I'm not saying it was a great special, but it was really good at the right time. We were like, who's this guy? Oh, look, they're outside. Oh, he's being funny about the helicopters flying overhead. It was just a really easy special to watch uh, in a time when you just wanted something really easy to watch. Uh, again, he's smart and likable and, uh, uh, you know, clean and reliable. Uh, was another description which i know brian regan gets to um but again so what uh, have you already done shows with him or are you just about to start that um yeah that was uh so this will be i i knew him from new york he moved mm -hmm. to nashville um and this will be my first time doing theaters with him i've done shows with him around new york but ever since he sort of blew up uh he did a bunch of fallon tonight shows and then mm -hmm. he did the half hour Netflix. And then I think he has two hours now on Netflix. So he, he really built this huge fan base. Um, and this will be my first time going out on the theaters with him. I think I got in maybe because I play golf and he got really into golf. <laughs> I think that was my end. Way to be. So I'm uh, hoping that we play a little, little golf together. That's excellent. Uh, well, Joe, thanks so much. It was great to uh, visit with you. Again, we like to reach out to people we generally want to talk to about what they do and then the other things that they do. So uh, comedy and birds were exactly what we needed to talk about to, uh, today. So uh, thanks for that. And uh, yeah, uh, break legs on Wednesday and then with all the other shows. And a couple other uh, gobble plugs for yes. Beyond Meat. Beyond Meats, ticker symbol B-Y-N-D. Good. Yes. Okay. Plant-based. And uh Chipotle just crushing earnings quarter after quarter. Really? Chipotle continuing to do even with the pandemic, such a quick pivot. To, Joe, what uh, brand of binoculars do you use? And would you see that as a good investment? I have a Bushnell. Okay. And uh I would recommend getting yourself a good pair of binocs. Um anytime you go on a hike, anytime you go on a boat, anytime you go on a walk, throw on the binocs. You just added a fun activity to your walk. 
with just seeing things closer than you were seeing them before. And you'll be you'd be surprised how often uh, binoculars come in handy. You're like, what is somebody's like, what is that? When somebody sees you have binoculars, they're like, what's that? Is that a cell tower on the horizon? And you throw on the binocs and you're like, that is a cell tower. You're right. That is a cell tower on the horizon. That would have bothered they me all afternoon. But now than I you'd expect. All right. Do you yeah. use binocs on the golf course? Um, I haven't taken them on the golf course yet, but maybe I should because there are a lot of birds on golf courses. Yeah, I wouldn't think you need to swing with it, but you know, you could probably find like one a set that has like a little range finder in it as well. That'd be a fun actually that'd be a fun sketch that you just or like a fun 30 second video to, <laughs> to have be wearing binoculars hit a driver really hard. <laughs> yeah. Hit a driver really hard and then be like, whoa, and put on your binoculars. That is huge. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, well, thanks for coming on, Joe. It was really great to see you. We're welcome back you. to Asheville and uh, we'll see you Wednesday night. Yes. Wednesday night at the orange peel. Thank you so much for having me. And I look forward to being there in Asheville and hopefully seeing you fellas. Great. All right. Uh, thanks to Joe. Uh, but don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back after this. Uh, we will, as always finish with a song from Josh, but before a little take from Tom. All right, that was Joe Zimmerman. Yeah, uh, <laughs> so awesome to see Joe and uh, and and to hear his soothing voice. Uh, and I'm still awake. I, I have to say, it, it, I was actually a little disappointed in how soothing it was being. I, was, I could have used a nap today. It's well, been a long day, but uh, I just on behalf of the show, I'd like to thank you for not licking a toad before today's <laughs> podcast. Thanks for holding <laughs> off. That's right. That's right. You know, there's a there's a phrase that they say that you should eat a toad first thing in the morning. You know, take the the hardest thing that you have to do in the day and do that the first thing in the morning. But I, uh, if you end up licking the toad instead, and uh, then it it causes a whole other thing, I think. Uh, and look, we're doing what that comedian feared. We are stealing his lick a toad bit. <laughs> well, let's move off of that as quickly as we can. Yep. Let's take it. Let's take ourselves away from uh, from licking a toad to taking it taking with Tom. Tom, take it. Um, <laughs> so yes, we sort of, you know, we're joking with Joe that he was like, so, uh, got through a pandemic and you're like, well, well, we're still sort of in it kind of thing. Um, so with that, uh, I found myself, uh, appreciating in the recent days, the sort of, uh, acting technique of, of repetition. Um, and okay. I joke, Josh, you probably know more about this than I do. I consider myself more of a performer than an actor, but I, I know what is done in the acting world. And very quickly, so yes, the, the Meisner technique, Sandy Meisner, you know, teacher in New York, sort of introduced the idea of repetition, where two actors are sort of saying the same thing back and forth to each other. And it encourages sort of being present and really actively listening and being less self-conscious and sort of getting away from the meaning of the words and just really like, what is the person giving you? Give it back kind of thing. Um, but boy, can we really use that right now? Because I just think sort of checking in, you know, so the after, after the idea is like, you know, like um, this shirt is blue. This, this shirt, shirt is blue. Yeah. I like, yeah. This shirt is blue. Right. I like that. Right now, blue. just the idea of like, are you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> okay. Are, are you okay? Like every day, those questions have complete 
full and different meaning. Um, so I just really like, oh my God, that what that, that's what things are really doing right now is just making us play a daily repetition exercise where you're like, is this over? Is this over? Is this over? Kind of thing. So <laughs> join me, everyone, in our uh, daily repetition exercise as we try to try to stay present and actively listen to each other and not get self-conscious and just really pay attention to what is now. What is now? What is now? Right. I, that's a very good, good question. It's a very good question. Uh, and one that we are, I mean, I would just have that, I just had that meeting with my staff this morning about what are we comfortable with? We had it yesterday with reasonable price babies. It's like, everybody's what back. What are we comfortable with? What are we comfortable what are, with? Are we back to? What are we? Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, and what I'm comfortable with is that our show finishes with a song from Josh and, uh, it's been a few days since I've heard one. So I'm excited for you to fill my ears with song. Great. Uh, this one uh, came because of, of our guest. And so... And it, and it was a different song. This is the first time I played it like this because I, I had the idea that it's actually a blues song. payoff with your song yeah. uh, well thanks josh that was nice and uh yeah N nice to be back talking to people about what we devour that's right and we've got a show on saturday in black mountain in case you've been listening this long uh please come out and see us if you're in the neighborhood and uh, at the black mountain center for the arts at seven o'clock on saturday 
and I'll see you, Tom, uh, somewhere, uh, I'm sure, between now and then. And all y'all, bye-bye. Nom, 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 nom.